0: okay all right
1: (laughs) what's up guys so we're doing something a little different today i have a very special guest uh i I guess i could say he's a good friend you know we've become pretty good friends in the past year 100 percent.
0: we're good friends man
1: um we had dinner together yeah we had
0: dinner together drinks sushi absolutely so who are you so I'm Brian Furness, and I am an operator, a heavy equipment operator. I'm a YouTuber. I'm a podcaster and not at all a mechanic whatsoever. I hate getting my hands greasy. So so I'm like the polar opposite of anyone you have on your podcast.
1: So <laughs> would one say you're a pussy?
0: 100%. I, and I will own that all day long. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. So I'm originally from Texas, and I moved to Michigan. And everyone thought it was an insult to call me a pussy because I would throw my car hearts on like a month before anyone else. And they thought they were insulting me, but they didn't realize I I wear that as a badge of honor. Like, I'm good. I will gladly pull my car hearts out in like, you know, September.
1: (laughs) You should try being a Californian coming to Texas, man. Oh, I remember moving, moving here. We moved here in late October and I finally got into a field truck in January. It's four degrees outside, and
0: uh, yeah, I'm sitting there thinking, what the hell did I just do? <laughs> now, we need to specify, though, because a lot of people think Texas is just nothing but dog heat, but you're in North Texas, mm. and North Texas actually gets cold. Like, where I'm from, down in Central, like Central to South Texas, that's cold. Four degrees is cold. We don't see that very often, but you're up there in the Dallas area. Like, you guys get cold.
1: Yeah, it's, you know close to oklahoma uh i think what hour i I guess but yeah it's uh, it's not bad it gets cold and you know it's not the it's not the four degrees that's bad it's the crosswind
0: that's when that wind is brutal Mm. Mm. it will find whatever small gap you've got in your car hearts and it will blow right up that baby until it's hitting you right in the nutsack and that's when you know (laughs) like i made a mistake in my trade (laughs) <laughs>
1: Especially when you got a P, you know, six inches a layer for three inches of
0: uh <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> That's the worst. I will say that was like when I moved to Michigan, that was one of the one of the things I had to figure out was like the geometry and the angles that I was gonna have to work with. Cause you nailed it. Like you, you're working with a six inch layer of insulation. And when you've only got two or three hanging out the front, like that math doesn't Two. work there. You're going to get creative.
1: <laughs> Two or three <laughs> hanging out the front. That's funny. So, so, yeah. You are not a mechanic, but you have great insight on this industry. And I thought you'd be a great guest. And what better time to do it than now? Um I appreciate it, man. You have, obviously, Diesel and Iron on YouTube, Sweat and Grime. I do. Um, yep. You have an OnlyFans. No.
0: You know what? I, I try to keep that on the download. Just, you know, <laughs> friends and family, I need to keep them a little bit in the dark. But yeah, why not the OnlyFans? It's when you've got two or three inches hanging out the front, you got to put that baby to work.
1: Yeah, yeah that's a great man.
0: Everybody but, earns in my house. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so let's dive into your background a little bit and let's get to where you're at now yeah i uh you know because you started off as something completely different than where you're at and then now with youtube and everything we'll circle back to all that crap um yeah and i definitely want to talk about the trades and how we get people in and i've got a great story for today's episode because of a new hire Anyway, oh, nice. yes so let's let's talk about you a little bit how did you yeah get-
0: so uh i started in the white collar world my dad is a bank consultant and i i thought i'm gonna go make some big money like dad and i'm gonna go be a banker and so right out of high school i started working with him at a consulting firm uh doing data analysis and that is just as thrilling as it sounds i would literally take just hundreds of thousands of accounts and i would look at all their transactions and we would try to figure out the difference between someone who's going to overdraw their account and pay it back versus someone who's going to overdraw their account and not pay it back because as a bank, you really want to know that information. Mm. And so that's what I spent a ton of time doing. Went to college, went for, I originally thought I was going to be super smart and, and go for an engineering degree until I hit chemistry and calculus, or I'm sorry, not chemistry. It was physics, physics and calculus. Those two beat my ass. And within a semester I was like, Nope, we're shutting that right down. So I went in over uh, to business marketing and that's what I ultimately got my degree in. Took me six years. I took the scenic route through college. And, uh, And so after college went into banking full on, like I started as a teller at the bottom of the totem pole, worked my way into customer service and then realized very quickly, I hated the office. I hated everything about that life. Like this is back in the day where you couldn't wear like even a polo Like, you're talking button-up shirt and a tie, no facial hair, clean shaven, no heaven forbid you have a tattoo showing. Like, not my gig at all. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm like, no, this is not going to work. And so so I started playing pranks because that's what I do when I get bored and ultimately got myself into trouble, so I was banished to the basement where I sorted checks, and that's where I called my banking career quits. It was miserable. So... How do you go
1: from, what did you say you took in college? What was it? Business management? Business marketing. Marketing. Is that like a big thing for business marketing is banking?
0: No. So business marketing is kind of the big catch all for all of the kids who want to go into the business world and want to sound like they've got an important degree. You get a marketing degree Hmm. because you know, I've got a marketing degree. Okay. And so I can go out and do some really awesome sales. But in reality, what that means is they just teach you terms like opportunity cost and that's it. What are you supposed to go do with that?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. It's just kind of weird. Cause you know, you, you jumped in why banking
0: of all things? Well, banking because dad was in banking uh, and dad makes a shitload of money and I'm going to go make a shitload of money like dad. <laughs> uh-uh. Like money is everything, especially like right out of high school. Yeah, Money is everything. And, uh, So anyway, I hated banking, absolutely, miserably hated banking. And so from there, I kind of bounced around. I did all sorts of stuff. I worked at Home Depot for a while, uh, tried my hand at starting a lawn care landscape company, uh, as that was failing, I switched over to window cleaning, which a quick sidebar. There is a ridiculous gold mine of an industry. That Mm -hmm. is the window cleaning Mm -hmm. industry, dude. I was pulling like 10 to $15 a window in the Austin area. And had I not spent all of my marketing budget on the lawn care and landscape side, I am confident that I would not be in this industry right now. I would be doing window cleaning somewhere. Like it was that freaking lucrative, but I wasn't able to get, I, I was already in the hole so much because of the landscaping that I wasn't able to pull it back in time. So we had to close our doors. But for five years after we shut that business down, I get calls, Hey, I did I need my windows cleaned, And I'm like, I live in Michigan now I'm sorry I cannot help <laughs> you so Jeez.
1: that's a, so did that Go I, ahead I was just thinking because like I've got I think 23 windows on my house so I can I'm like doing the math that's that's a lot of freaking well, money
0: you, yeah you'd easily walk away with like 15 to two 1500 to two grand off of one house and it'd take you like two and a half three hours to do Wow that's crazy I mean it was it was ridiculous in those areas. So Michigan's not nearly as lucrative. I kind of looked around when we first moved up here and it's not quite, but do that Austin area. There's so many freaking wealthy people that don't have the first clue. They're never going to get up there and clean them themselves. And if you do a good job for them, they'll pay it. They have no issue paying it. I had repeat customers. So, crazy. So I fooled around with all that for a while. Um, when I ultimately closed the doors on that, uh, I, uh, that was when I went over to Home Depot, worked for Home Depot, was a department head for a couple different departments. Uh, and then I went into being the operations manager for a small manufacturing company. Mm. Did that for a while. Uh, and that was cool. But at the same time, again, inside the office, hated it. And I had always, since I was a little kid, wanted to run heavy equipment. Like I have just been obsessed with heavy equipment. And and I'm not even joking when I say my first word growing up was backhoe. Like that's how obsessed I've been for how long. <laughs> and so uh, so one day I, re- I remember very distinctly I, I came home from work and I told my wife, like, I'm not happy doing what I'm doing. I want to go run heavy equipment. And she's like, well, you should do it. And I said, well, the problem is, is I'm going to go make $13 an hour. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well. We'll figure it out, we'll make it work. And I said, okay. And so I dove off the deep end, I went and applied for a, uh, a job. And within two days, like this is not at all what I was expecting, but within two days, I got a call back, show up on this site at this time. I was like, oh, okay. And they stuck me in an off-road haul truck with zero experience. And that is how I hit the ground running in construction. Like I was getting screamed at every day because everyone expects you to know everything. And I knew absolutely nothing. Uh, it was, it was long hours. It was like the first couple of days I was starving. Cause I didn't know how much food you were supposed to pack. I didn't know that I was going to run out of water at like two o'clock in the afternoon, even though I'm sitting in this off-road truck, that's 110 degrees in the cab. Cause it's central Texas in mm-hmm, summer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that's how I kind of started in the dirt industry. And I ran for those guys for about a year and a half. And then my wife is originally from Michigan. So we made the call between my work and the fact that Michigan's a union state Mm. and the fact that she had a huge family. We were like, yeah, we need to move to Michigan. And so moved to Michigan, went to work for a small residential company doing basement digs, finish grades. We do uh, some very small land balancing, do some little bit of of storm, stuff like that, um, and worked for them for about two years. And that's where I really got my operating experience. I, I became pretty well-versed in the excavator, dozer, skid steer, and, uh, and did that for two years for them. But it's a small company, and it's one of those things where you kind of quickly realize, hey, I'm, I've reached the ceiling at mm-hmm. two years in, <laughs> and $18 an hour. Like, we're not going anywhere. And so I had enough skills under my belt at that point in time that I decided to jump over into the union. And so I went to work for a really large dirt contractor here in central Michigan called Dan's excavating, um, joined the union was in the union for five and a half years, uh, worked for Dan's for, for those five and a half years. And, and that's kind of where all of my big job site dirt experience came from. And, uh, And along the way, we had children. And what you learn in the northern states, the southern states are pretty bad too, but especially in the northern states, you work a shitload of hours and you do not see home during the summertime. And so I had two kids growing up and I was not around for it. And every old timer you talk to on those job sites said their one big regret was not being there for their kids growing up. And I went, you know, I'm not going to become one of those guys. Like the writing is on the wall. These guys are spelling it out clear as day for me. (laughs) I'm not going to go make that mistake. And so that's when I totally retooled and I was like, well, let's dip into the old roots here. You know, I I had some sales experience from my previous positions. What if I went and tried to sell heavy equipment that way I can kind of have the best of both worlds. I can stay in the industry that I love, but Mm -hmm. not work the crazy hours and maybe make some money. And, uh, So another just crazy situation. Uh, I was sitting actually in this room. This used to be my office. So I'm sitting in this room right behind me. Here was my desk and I sat down and I applied for a sales position. Hmm. And within three or four minutes of me clicking submit on the app, I grab my water it was almost out so i start walking across the basement to go upstairs and refill it and my phone rings and i thought to myself i'm like that would be hilarious if that was the company calling i was like there's no freaking way and i look down and it's a michigan number and i was like mm, no there's no way sure enough i answer the phone and she's like hi this is so and so from the company i applied at i'm like what i said are you serious right now i literally just hit apply and she's like, yeah, it was the perfect time. You caught me. I just sat down from lunch and your resume was perfect for what we're looking for. And I was like, oh, okay. So got hired in, sold equipment for two and a half years. And uh, and over the course of that two and a half years, uh, learned a shitload of stuff about selling equipment. Learned uh, It was really cool because I got to learn about the other side of the business. I had run equipment for, for seven years at this point, um, but now I'm getting to learn about the sales side of it. And, uh, but at the same time, I also learned that there were a lot of things at this dealership that I was not in agreement with, uh, <laughs> you know, on, on how we treated our customers after the sale on how they wanted me to sell the things they wanted me to push. There were a lot of things I was in disagreement. And, uh, I have one of these lovely personality traits that if I disagree with things, I tend to speak my mind a little too openly. <laughs> and so I put myself on the pookie list with that company. Yeah.
1: yeah that's, guilty. It's part of
0: being in the trades, right? We're all mouthy motherfuckers.
1: (laughs) It's just, I I, I don't like, uh, I don't like bullshitters. You know what I mean? I like people are straight up. You got to be straight up with them. Respect gets respect, you know, all that stuff. And and I trust me, I know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, that is. So it's funny you say that. That is um, one thing that I've always loved and really respected about the trades in general. Uh, is everyone's just very blunt. I mean, you know exactly where you stand. There's no beating around the bush. Uh, And that's also what I've really come to respect about um, Northerners. Like, being from Texas, it's very much the, and you're familiar with it, we've talked about it, though, bless his heart, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, bless his heart. (laughs) You know, is a good guy, but bless his heart. And then you can say whatever the fuck you want, and you're covered. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you don't have that in Michigan. In Michigan, I'm like, Colton's an asshole. And everyone's like yeah, Colton's an asshole. Like you just get to be as blunt as possible and everyone's just good with it. That's a great statement. And so it, well, you know what? I only say that because I know you well enough that you're not going to take offense. (laughs) And we all know it's true. Colton, like we can hear it in your voice on the podcast. I am. (laughs) I'm an asshole. That's okay. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, that's went to work up here, uh, and spoke too much of my mind. Sorry, my little earpiece is coming out and it's irritating me. Okay. Um spoke too much of my mind, got myself on the pookie list. So when COVID came along, and I will say karma is absolutely divine. COVID comes along, and the head honcho of this company decides he's gonna let me go. But he's gonna he's gonna claim it's COVID related. So that he doesn't have to like, you know, take responsibility that you're just shit canning me because I spoke my mind. (laughs) This head honcho happens to be a lawyer as well. And he thought of himself very highly as a lawyer. And so COVID was here and he used COVID as an excuse to let me go. So when I filed for unemployment, they kicked it back and said, no, I was released because of performance related issues. And I went, whoa, 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 whoa. I've got an email here. Oh. Signed by yours truly that says it's COVID related. And so I gave that to the unemployment office and they were like, approved. It's <laughs> so like, yes. Like, no thank you. Your did... arrogance got you here. <laughs> See, I, didn't,
1: I knew that that happened to you, but I didn't know that you had to do that. and Improve yourself.
0: I thought. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, it was that was uh that was a pretty petty move and, and it delighted me when I had that email with his own signature on it stating flat out like, No, this isn't this this is COVID related. Yeah. Well, you did it to yourself there, bud. Jeez. So Christ. it was a good time. So uh so that's when the YouTube journey started. So I was I was you know, I'd just gotten shit can and I'm going, okay. Well my options are you know i can can go get a job tomorrow at a dirt company that's not a problem Mm -hmm. like income isn't the problem the problem is how do we maintain this lifestyle where i'm able to be at home regular hours and i can still be a part of my kids lives and everything in the background the whole time i had been operating i had a youtube channel going where i would just post random videos of me running shit like it didn't have a purpose it didn't have a point to it it was just me running videos or running equipment and over the course of like six years we gotten 1200 subscribers and I'm going, huh? If I can get 1,200 subscribers putting in absolutely no effort whatsoever, like what could I do if we actually went and applied ourselves to this? Mm-hmm. So yet again, I approach the wife and I'm like, "Hey, I got this idea," and she's like, "Let's go try it." You know, I got—I've got an awesome wife. So she, she supports me. I said it. I said it. I'm okay making that public statement.
1: No, I'm sorry. I'm making the face because my dog is barking downstairs, and I'm hoping the audio doesn't Oh, pick I can't it even hear it. You're good. <laughs> no, you got a great wife. If I just, just keep like chatting,
0: we won't even hear it. Yeah, yeah. No,
1: That's great. <laughs> right, you got a great supportive wife just like mine, because I'm like, hey, I'm thinking about this. Well, let's go ahead and do
0: it. You know? It, yeah. Maybe not this
1: month, because we can't afford that, but let's try next month.
0: And uh, you know what? Let's give full credit because I, I don't know about you, but if it was for on my side, if my wife didn't have my back and kind of give me that little like I was 90 percent there. But if I didn't get that little extra oof, mm-hmm. I don't think I would have done it.
1: Yeah, no, it's uh, my wife is definitely like just fucking do it. That's just like this podcast. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm like, yeah, that's just what you need is that boot in the ass. Yeah. And look at where it's at now. It's crazy. But yeah, no, that's that's great. But sorry I interrupted you. Go on.
0: No, you're good. I you're literally on fire right now in your background. Like that's how well you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> now we don't know if it's a dumpster fire or if it's because the podcast's so hot, but <laughs> I just
1: you know, people call me an asshole and
0: I did on your own podcast. I'm hey, sorry. That was. I should fine. really work on my on my podcast etiquette here.
1: My wife does it every day, <laughs> so you're good.
0: Oh, good, beautiful.
1: <laughs> so uh, let's talk about the YouTube. Let's uh, get into that and how it started. Like, yeah. So from there, I should say.
0: Yeah, YouTube was interesting. So I get the push, and we decide to start YouTube, and. Um, Again, I don't really have direction. I'm just like, well, there's a ton of channels that are doing really well that are just videos of equipment operating. Maybe I'll just do that. So I start going out, and I start recording equipment running. I don't say anything. I don't talk. I'm literally just recording equipment. And I'm like, yeah, this is okay, but it's not really fun. Like, this isn't entertaining. <laughs> and um, and so my wife had mentioned several times. She's like, hey, you're a really good teacher. You should do something teaching-wise. I'm like, eh, ah, I don't know, I don't know and uh, where it really culminated and clicked is i was on a job site with a local contractor that i knew really well and there's an 18 19 year old kid he walks over and he's asking what i'm up to and i told him he's like you know it'd be really nice if there was a youtube channel out there that just kind of gave me a basic idea of what to expect because i don't have any background in the trades i don't have any experience with this stuff and i literally had no idea what i was getting into when i signed up to come work for this company and it would have been really nice just to have some basic information so that I could hit the ground running instead of spending, you know, like I did, spending the first month going, "What in the fuck did I just sign up for?" Mm-hmm. And so I was like, "Okay, like there, there it is. You've, I now have someone that has, that is a, an actual person that needs this. Why don't I go deliver and see what happens?" And so that's where diesel and iron really took on its shape and form. I went, okay, we're going to become a teaching channel, and my whole goal behind the channel is get people interested in the trade if they're not already, and then uh, give them kind of the basic skills. and And I'm slowly over time marching more and more advanced in the skills, but I really wanted to start at ground one. You know, the the more time that goes on, I kind of want to become the Bob Ross of the excavating world. Like if you think about it. Like, Bob Ross is is such an awesome role model, because everybody loves him. He was not the world's greatest artist, but that didn't matter. He was a pretty good artist, Mm -hmm. but he made it possible. He made it seem possible enough that you were willing to go try painting. He made it less intimidating. Yeah, go ahead. There's
1: no mistakes. There's only happy whatever there's happy accidents (laughs) accidents that's what it is
0: (laughs) now rolling an excavator may not result in a happy accident it's probably going to be a very unhappy accident but at the same time my goal is make the earth moving industry approachable Mm -hmm. because that's really a lot of the trades i would say all of the trades that's what we're really battling right now is we're not approachable we're very standoffish um, we don't want you recording. We don't want you anywhere around our job site because you're a liability. Uh, if you come on the job site as an apprentice, we have this long standing tradition, and I'm not totally opposed to it uh, of kind of hazing the new guys. Mm-hmm. I'm not opposed to the hazing so much, but it's turned into this thing where let's see if we can run them off, and they're only acceptable if they refuse to get run off. And, and in my mind that goes way too far because yeah. we're already battling to find people. We shouldn't be fighting to keep people out. Yeah. Don't fuck with them. And so, uh, so yeah, that's, that's kind of what the, the YouTube channel is, is it's really, I want to make earth approachable and, and easy. I want to make everyone feel like they can give it a shot and it's fine if you don't succeed, especially the first time. Cause I, I mean, these are skilled trades. There's a reason we call it skilled trades. It's fucking hard work. It takes a lot of time to get these skills down. And I want people to know it's okay that you don't get it right the first time. It's okay you get your ass chewed for two weeks in a loader. That's how I learned how to run loader (laughs) is I literally got my ass chewed every day until I learned how to run the loader. And I want people that aren't familiar with the industry to understand. I can't hear it. You're okay. I can't hear it at all on this end.
1: The vent just fucking closed above my head. You didn't hear it? It went boom. No. And now it's all shh. <sighs> this Crazy. is
0: incredible. Your software must be filtering all that. I haven't heard a single sound outside of your voice. It's this thing right here. It's amazing. But Dude, that I've you're selling me on that mic, and it's dangerous because <laughs> that's not a cheap mic. <laughs> no,
1: it's expensive. But uh, another thing to thank my wife for. But yeah, yeah. No, the 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 YouTube is great, man. You're you're doing a, a solid job on it. And I appreciate that. Uh, I mean, you know, I I like to go and watch because I'm like, oh, maybe I don't know this. I don't know how to drive this dozer and do this. I only know how to work on the son of a bitch. Um, But yeah, I know how
0: to break them. That's all I know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't fix them. I break them.
1: (laughs) So. I guess with the YouTube, how did we meet Rick and start meeting for or start meeting for Rick? How did we meet Rick and how did we start working for him?
0: And... Yeah, so that's uh, that's one of the beautiful things about the trades, right, is the connections that you make. So when I was selling equipment, I get a call from a guy one night at like 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock at night. And he's like, hey, I'm looking at buying a skid steer and some attachments. And I was like, all right, that's no problem. So we agree to meet. And so I run down the road here. We got a Tim Hortons that's probably five minutes down the road from my house. So I print out some spec sheets on our TV 450, our biggest skid, track skid, print out a couple spec sheets on, on some of the attachments he's looking at. And I go meet him at this Tim Hortons at eight o'clock at night and it's Rick. And so it's this guy sitting across from me and he's from the logging industry and kind of reading the writing on the wall the logging industry was kind of taking a a pretty big hit on, on timber prices. And he's like, look, I got a diversifier. I'm going to go under. I was like, Okay. So, we start talking about what he's wanting to get into. So, I start making some recommendations on equipment that's practical for him, not let me get my highest commission sale in here. And so, that immediately gives me clout in his mind that I'm actually a stand up guy instead of just a sleaze bag sales guy. And so, we start a friendship off of that. And so, for the next year and a half, like I ended up selling, and I'm I'm just gonna out him. I'll full on out him. I sold him 120 grand worth of shit, and I was <laughs> quite happy with that because it wasn't unnecessary shit. It was yeah. literally I set him up with everything he was gonna need. He was getting into doing food plots because that's uh, Michigan. Let's let's kind of sidestep here. Mm-hmm. So Michigan, you used to be able to bait deer. You could put out corn and everything. Well, they changed the rules to where you can't bait anymore, but you can do food plots. Mm-hmm. So if you make this nice, happy meadow with all of the delicious and scrumptious things that deer like to eat, even though that looks a lot like baiting in my mind, (laughs) it's not baiting. (laughs) So, so food plots blew up overnight up here. And so that's what Rick was wanting to get into is doing food plots. So I set them up with a skid, set them up with a mulcher head, stump grinder, a couple other attachments to kind of prep the food plots. And so he and I just became friends. And over the next year and a half, two years, uh, we got to where we'd talk on probably every other day basis, just kind of shooting the shit. And so when I got fired from my employer uh, and started the YouTube thing, I called Rick up and said, hey, like, first of all, I need some extra side hustle money because YouTube ain't exactly paying the bills right now. But then also I need content and I know you want to take on some bigger jobs. Maybe we can kind of help each other out here. And so we started this kind of mutual beneficial relationship to where I would come freelance operate for him on whatever jobs he just needed an operator and he'd pay me. But then at the same time, I could film and I could use that for the YouTube channel. And so it really just kind of evolved from there to where now Rick and I are are tied at the hip. Like we do everything together. We bid jobs together. We're kind of unofficial partners in, in each other's business, mm-hmm. um, Just just in how involved we are um but he helps me on the youtube channel stuff he's starting to get involved in a lot more of the filming starting to teach on the channel uh and then and then i'm starting to get way more involved on bidding jobs we actually bid jobs together on the dirt side so so it's been interesting
1: i like the one of my favorite videos is it's a pretty short video that you guys made um it's where you're out marking trees and oh yeah like, oh this is yeah. how you tell a how good time. tall it is and i'm like i did not know none of this and it's such it's dude
0: he spent that whole day i'm i swear to god he swears up and down he's being real i swear to god he was fucking with me the whole time <laughs> he's just coming up with tree species because i'm like oh i know what this is and i name it off and he's like no actually that's a wizzle dizzle oak and i'm like
1: <laughs> the that's not even a
0: real fucking tree and he's like yeah it is <laughs> like it looks like every other oak out here and now you're telling me this is a whizzle bizzle oak like oh, this is
1: the distant cousin of that one over there like shit
0: I, I oh i'm sure he just had a heyday laughing at me at the end of the day on that one because i just like every time i think i've got it he's like no that's actually and he names off some new tree variety we've never <laughs> talked about until this point and i'm like what the fuck rick that's awesome
1: yeah <laughs> uh, so one last thing i guess right so One last thing. You're working with... Are you
0: wrapping me up already? Is that what's going on here?
1: your background here. Uh, Yeah. So you're working with Rick and doing your thing or whatever. When does sweat and grime come into your head?
0: Yeah, so that was kind of interesting the way that morphed. I had had a bunch of YouTube people asking me like, hey, you guys should start a podcast. You should start a podcast. And at the time I'm going... Dude, I have so much shit on my plate already. The last thing I need to do is start up another platform that I got to worry about. And uh, one of the things I used to do on YouTube was I would go live every Sunday night. And the whole idea was I wanted to remain approachable to to all of the people on the YouTube channel. I want new people to be able to ask questions and I want to be approachable. So I do this live stream. Well, the live stream turned into it was the same like 50 people that would all show up and we would just have a bullshit session all evening Mm -hmm. and then come to find out half of them wouldn't even stick around that long because they wanted to save the the live stream to listen to in the cab of their machine the next day. So they'd flip on YouTube on their phone, throw their earbuds in and continue operating. They were using it like a podcast. And I'm like, well fuck me. If you guys are doing it already, I might as well just do a podcast. (laughs) And so Rick and I started chatting and we were like, all right, fuck it. Let's give it a shot. And so we fired up sweat and grime started with the two of us. And, uh, there was, I, I, I had a very specific goal in mind with sweat and grime. Um, the, the Joe Rogan experience, kind of kind of pre-Trump era Joe Rogan, where it was really good, it was really entertaining and engaging to listen to. Uh, one of the things that always struck me is I love that he came on and would just ask questions. He'd get people on that he didn't know anything about what they did, he didn't know shit about what their stuff was, and he'd just ask all the dumb questions that you and I would have asked. Yeah. And I'm like, what a great way to transfer information is just being the dumb guy in the room. <laughs> And it was really entertaining to listen to because he would also throw in jokes and funny commentary. There was also a radio show in Austin I used to listen to. Uh, The the same sort of thing. Like, they just, they were really, there wasn't a lot of, like, I hate campy radio shit, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, like, they were just real. Like, the storyline was their lives and them living their lives and talking about everyday stuff that you and I would experience. And so that's really what I wanted sweat and grime to be. I wanted it to be entertaining and fun to listen to because uh, there's thousands of podcasts of guys just sitting there interviewing guests. It's like, how do you differentiate yourself?
1: I just want to know like these guys that were on these podcasts, like they just start out and somehow they have four sure mics, a nice big freaking soundboard recording studio, all these expensive cameras. I'm like, how where did where you guys did you get
0: sponsors right away? How how are they doing that, dude? That's a whole other thing I learned about when I came. Did you know you can rent podcast studio space? Yeah,
1: yeah. I I, I watch. That's a guy. how a lot of
0: these guys are doing. It, is they'll just go pay one hundred and fifty bucks an hour. Yeah, and they'll go rent a full on studio for an hour and a half.
1: That's the only thing I'm I, like, I can think who of. the fuck knew? Yeah, it's just insane because I mean that's a lot of money and stuff, and I'm over here like hmm. I should buy this camera for a hundred dollars. You know, this cheap one.
0: My little Logitech microphone is only going to carry me so far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, But uh,
1: yeah, it just blows my mind. Like where are these people getting the money to do these podcasts? These sponsors, it's nutty. how are they getting these sponsors? And I don't, anyway, I'll, I'll just, I'm I, still I so
0: ignorant on this like business. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I'm fumbling. I always tell people like my whole experience, since I started doing the podcast and YouTube, is I can only equate it to walking down a tunnel that is completely dark and you're just feeling your way along the walls. And then all of a sudden it turns and you're like, oh, I guess we're going to go this way now. (laughs) Like that's the way it's all been. I'm just, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm fumbling my way through it. Yes.
1: So back to your podcast. I mean, do you have a, your, your starting goal, obviously, you just explained that what is your ultimate goal for the podcast because it's kind of changed directions in the last few months i guess is the best way to put it yeah
0: yeah it has and and great question because we did take a turn so so our original goal was to create an engaging and entertaining platform to kind of give exposure to the trades Mm -hmm. so the idea was we would bring on a mechanic we'd bring on a framer we'd bring on an iron worker and we just kind of shoot the shit with them and make it fun and entertaining but interview them about their trade what we found was our audience over on sweat and grime just because of the kind of style that we have and the content that we have they were fast forwarding all of the like deep engaging conversation because they just wanted to hear the fun jokes it was really it turned into a platform where people if, if you think about it, to, to back up to a higher level, no one gives a shit about the trades. Like, really, no one gives a shit about the trades. And so, as a result, there is nothing made that is specifically geared for the trades when it comes to media and entertainment. Yeah. It's all just generic. Like, you can get your generic radio show, but nothing's tailored towards the trades. Who gives a fuck about those guys? Mm-hmm. And so, what I started finding is... Like people were latching onto our show because it was finally something geared towards the trades and it was entertaining to listen to. And so they weren't coming for the deep engaging conversation. They wanted something to help them pass the day. And I always, I always default back to operators because that's what I am. When I'm sitting in a loader for 14 hours straight, not talking to anyone because I'm in solitude in my cab, That gets old really quick. Mm -hmm. But if you can throw on a really engaging podcast, well, guess what? Two hours just went by. Awesome. And so that's what people are looking for. And so to answer your question, about a month-ish, maybe two months ago, uh, we kind of made the executive decision that we're still going to have guests on, but guests are not the focus of the show. The show is the show, and the guests are there to kind of – chime in and and add to it but the show is going to reign supreme and and it's just it's turned into you know it's a it's a semi-controlled disaster i mean we're 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 just throwing mousetraps at each other's balls like the that's the sort of shenanigans we get up to and so you know playing cards against humanity and you have to use your cards and there's a penalty if you don't like we're starting to try to come up with more fun stuff but at the same time still have that engaging conversation. So, so that's kind of where we're at with the podcast.
1: So like, are you hoping it just keeps growing or like, cause some people are like, Oh, this, this podcast get kind of boring. I don't really want to do it for much longer type thing. And I know you're a busy man. Like we talked about the other day, you don't do live streams anymore. None of that yep. stuff. So do you want to keep going with all this stuff? Absolutely.
0: Oh, so um you're frozen. In oh, fact, it's it's funny you say I'm backing down. The opposite is true. I actually we've started a new podcast. <laughs> oh my God. So me too. So we just stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, why? Why? Like why do we do this to ourselves? <laughs> it's it's nutty. So we started we started a new podcast called Blue Collar Narrative. And what happened was in this whole kind of changing the platform, we realized like we have a podcast that's geared around telling dick jokes and swearing and throwing mousetraps at people's nut <laughs> like you're never going to get in front of a high school kid or a shop teacher with this platform. Mm-hmm. And so we've kind of lost and, and it was really important to us to get in front of kids and try to get them into the trades. And so what we did is we kind of went, hey, we're just going to split we're going to have sweat and grime be the dick jokes and swearing. And we're going to have blue collar narrative be the, we're actually going to bring people on and seriously interview them. We're going to talk and we're really going to keep it short too. like sweat and grime is out and a half to two hours per episode. It's really meant for long form listening. It's meant for keeping you entertained in the cab. Mm-hmm. Blue collar narrative is short and sweet 30 to 45 minutes. I'm going to get you on and I'm going to ask you about your trade, how you get into it, what's it in the life look like, how much money can I expect to make? Let's get all that detail out in 30 to 45 minutes. Yeah. And that way kids and shop teachers can pass this around and really with, you know, everyone's got a goldfish memory at this point in time within that goldfish memory time, we can kind of keep them and give them all that information because schools aren't giving out that information.
1: Yeah. That's a, uh, that's such a good topic. Um, uh schools how
0: long you want to be here tonight i'll go all night with this one (laughs) man
1: so i don't my boss and i talk about this all the time you know schooling how to get guys into the trade um i think he's gonna try we have this we have the stock show every year here in in fort worth area and he was a judge this year um for fabrication i think a bunch of these high school kids built trailers and stuff And the the guy that runs it was like, do you know anybody else that would be interested for next year and all this stuff? And my boss is like, this guy. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm hoping that we can make something happen because like, uh, you know, he was telling the guy that runs it, like this guy's, you know, into promoting the trades, you know, trying to get younger people into the trades, blah, blah, blah. So I'm hoping that I can do something with that. But I mean, Lately, I've been kind of just laying low on trying to promote the trades because you know, you do all this stuff and it just seems like it just goes in one ear and out the other. Certain people, because, uh, you know, I how far do you get into it? Where do you start? And how do you get people involved? I it's it's a long topic, it's a hard discussion to do. What are your thoughts on that? Because I mean, you 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 do this on diesel and iron and sweat and grime. Does it? Do you think it helps?
0: Yeah. So, um, I do. Um, I, I'm with you. This is a it's a hard, <laughs> huge topic that that everyone struggles to take on, and I think ultimately the big answer is we have to get more people talking about the trades in general is, is ultimately step one, because right now, if you think about it in high school, all you ever hear about is, are you taking AP classes? Mm -hmm. Well, well, are you prepping for the SAT? What college? In fact, that was the question. What college are you applying for? Mm -hmm. There was no talk of, are, are you thinking about going to college? Are you, in fact, that wasn't even a question. Are you thinking about going to college? It was a given, that you are thinking about going, you're going to college is yeah. the assumption. Yeah. And if you say, oh, no, actually, I was going to I was gonna be a heavy equipment technician. Oh, oh, well, that's good. You know, bless his heart. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's what you get, right? Yeah. Like, everyone feels sorry for you because you aren't going to college. You're signing up for the path of failure. Yeah. I mean, that's the way we view it. And so if we can get people talking about the trades... We've made a huge step forward, and that's why um, I do think that to answer your question from earlier, I will never stop doing sweat and grime. As long as I have it in me to be able to carry that forward, I'll never stop because um, we're serving the trades And, and the trades don't ever get served. The trades are expected to show up when my toilet doesn't work or they're expected to show up when I need my driveway re-rated, and then you need to go away because you're this inconvenience. And, And really, we're here to serve the trades. And with Blue Collar Narrative, now we've got a platform that we can say, hey, I know for the past seven years in school, everyone's told you that college is the answer and college is the way to go, and that you can go into the trades, but that wouldn't be the best choice for you. We're finally here with a platform to say, guess what? There's a really good chance if you go into the trades within five years, you're going to make, be making over six figures. And that's a true statement.
1: Yeah. But how do we get said podcast or YouTube or any of that to these young folks to let them know that.
0: (laughs) That it's out there. Yeah. So that's. The next step is um, right now the trades are are kind of starting to find their voice. And that's actually where we got the name, the blue collar narrative, is if you think about the narrative of the blue uh, of the blue collar world of what the trades is, Mm -hmm. that story for the past 50 years has been told by the white collar world. Well, here's, you want to talk about the trade, son? I'll tell you about the trades. You're going to work long hours. You're going to do backbreaking work. You're going to be in the sun all day and you're going to be in, in rainstorms. And it's, and, and then you might make a buck, but if you go to college, this is what's waiting for you. And so the story's never been told accurately. It's been told from the white collar perspective. And guess what? I hate to be that guy, but colleges are making a fuckload of money off of all the students that were yes. shuffling into them. Yep. There's a reason they're telling that story, and it has nothing to do with reality. It has to do with the money that we're pumping into them.
1: Well, look how much tuition's, so, tuitions gone up in the past 40, tuition 50 years. Tuition
0: is outrageous right now. Yes, it's stupid. So when I graduated, I had $60,000 worth of debt.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now that's, that's light. You're easily, for a bachelor's degree, going to come out with $100,000 worth of debt. Yeah. Give me a fucking break.
1: And then you got to pay for housing or whatever. All this stuff... Food to survive. It's
0: astronomically expensive. And they don't give a shit. Neither do the banks either. Because guess what? You can't can't weasel out of that loan. You can't declare bankruptcy. You can't do anything to get out from under that loan. You're just stuck with it for the rest of your life. So there's a reason they're telling that story. So to back up to your question, how do we kind of get people aware of this? We're all collectively starting to find our voices. You know, how many podcasts like ours have popped up over the last, like, five years? Like, Mm -hmm. we're starting to get some traction. If you notice on YouTube, you're starting to get more and more of the trades that are starting to put out vlogs of, like, no, this is what my day looks like, and it's cool as shit. Look at, like, I, I there's a lineman I watch, and he's constantly posting, like, like videos of him working on this just astronomically high voltage shit it's yeah. like this is really badass yeah, and, and he's making two hundred thousand uh, dollars a year yeah
1: and like he's I, making
0: astronomical money
1: i watch a guy in canada that's a lineman maybe it's the same guy i don't know but
0: mine's from uh the uk
1: okay well this guy in canada makes that job look so fun like and i learned a lot from him like I'm I'd, like I'd do that, but I'm afraid of heights, man. I, I can't even get up a damn ladder. <laughs> you and me both, man.
0: That I don't, I don't want to turn into a barbecued chicken one day because I accidentally yeah. just didn't think about something for a second. <laughs> get a little, <laughs> little
1: complacent.
0: Stakes are a little high in that game.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, but
0: um, but yeah, you're you're starting to see more and more people kind of coming out of their shell and going, no, like like what I love about it is they're really taking, they're finally taking pride in what they do. Like we've always been internally prideful, but at the same time, it's been like, we're proud among other people in the trades because the other trades people recognize our accomplishments. But now we're starting to see boldness of, no, what I do is cool as shit. Period. Full stop. Like it doesn't matter whether I'm talking to a tradesman or not. What I do is cool shit, and I'm making really good money doing it. And everyone's starting to get that confidence. And so what it's gonna take now is as we all kind of get that voice going, in my opinion, what needs to happen is we need to start beating a common war drum. And 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 so the messaging needs to be pretty consistent yeah. of where the problem lies and how to get into the trades. We gotta start addressing, you know, the the astronomical hurdles we put in the way of apprentices coming into our industries. We've got to talk about the way we view manpower because I'll tell you, I, I don't know about the other trades, but especially in the excavating world, uh, there's a lot of companies that still view manpower and people as an asset instead of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're no you're no more than a piece of equipment. You're a number. You're just, you know, we're gonna work you into the ground until you quit or or you just keep going. And and stuff like that's gotta get addressed because I hate to break it to a lot of old timers, but the times have 100% changed. The newer generations, they're, they're not putting up with this shit, and that's why we can't find anyone. It's not just that we're pushing everyone into college. The, there, there's two parts to the problem in my mind. There's everyone wants to go to college, and there's we're putting up every fence imaginable to keep people out of the trades because we've already decided that they don't want to work and they're not worth anything. Well, you kind of shoot yourself in the foot when you come at it from, from that approach.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh,
0: I, so I will give a super really quick. I want to give a plug. I'm a part of an organization called crew collaborative. Yes. It is a, a standalone organization. It's a independent and their whole purpose is to get in front of people and promote the trades. And so they do classroom talks. They do a lot of outreach programs trying to get more people involved.
1: Yeah, let's uh, let's actually kind of dive into that. You know, I, I follow them. They follow me, Instagram, you know, so on and so forth. And I haven't really looked into trying to get into it, you know, and try to be a part of it just because we all have a lot of shit going on. Absolutely. Let's, let's talk about them a little bit because they do a lot of pretty cool stuff. You want to explain a little bit more?
0: Yeah. So the the biggest thing, so they've got uh, two really big programs that I'm involved in. Um, the first one is Classroom Talks, and and that is exactly what it sounds like. They uh, work with teachers to set up video conference times, and then we get on with about seven to ten of us uh, in the trades, various industries, and the cool thing is, is they encourage us. They tell us in the emails all the time, like, be on the job. And so almost every single call I'm on, there's some guy running a dozer or an excavator and he's just chilling in the background, running his machine until it's his turn to talk. Yeah. And then he'll kind of pause what he's doing and turn to the camera and start talking about his trade that he's actively involved in on a job site. Or you got an electrician pulling wire somewhere in a building and he just pulling wire the whole time, wait until it's started to talk. And then he's like, Oh yeah, here's, here's the box I'm wiring up. Like it's cool because you get to showcase what the trades are actually doing what our days actually look like and uh, and it's it's funny the other day I was in a in a classroom talk and and I was one of the last ones to go and so every single person before me is like oh yeah I make comfortably over six figures and that kept coming every single tradesman that talked like that kept coming up and I was like huh just out of curiosity and I flipped over to the Bureau of Labor and Statistics website, and I Googled the average salary in the United States. And I want to say that number was around like sixty-five or $75,000 a year, which is decent money. That's not bad money. Mm-hmm. But I told the kids when it was my turn, I said, hey, just out of curiosity, who's picking a career based on how much money you're going to make? And it's a bunch of high school kids. Well, so there was like one guy that was like me, and then everyone else was down. And I was like, guys, come on, let's be honest here. Who's picking a career? And like two-thirds of the hand shot up. Yeah. And I was like, okay, just so you guys are aware, the average salary in the US is about 75 grand, yet every single person that has talked before me is making over six figures in the trades. Like just take a second and let that sink in. Yeah. You're being told go to college and go to the white collar world because that's where all the money is, yet you haven't talked to a single person here today that's not making under six figures. Like <laughs> it speaks for itself. Mike,
1: <laughs> Mike drop. <laughs> I,
0: that's it. Like what else do I need to say? Yeah, so, no, that's great. so crew talk, or our uh, classroom talks is super, super beneficial. The other thing they're doing is uh, what they call their ambassador program. And they basically give you, I can't remember how many weeks the course is, but it's kind of just giving you the foundation as a trades person, to feel confident enough to go forward and talk to people about the trades. And as silly as that sounds, that's a little more daunting of a task than it initially sounds just because there's, there is still this stigma around the trades and it is kind of hard to talk about it at times. And so um, the whole idea is to get you to a point where you're comfortable talking about it. And then they have accountability calls where you just get on with a bunch of other people in the program and talk about like, Hey, you know, I decided I was going to go down and talk to this school the other day and and I got involved with them or, uh, you know, Greg Johnson from our podcast and myself are working on getting involved with a trade school here locally that needs help doing uh, mock interviews. And that's where you kind of get together on these calls and you just kind of hold each other accountable. Are you promoting the trades? What are you doing to promote the trades? Mm-hmm. And it's a really great program. So Crew Collab is is a really, really great avenue to look into. Uh, if if you want to help promote the trades. And really, like I said, we all got to beat the same war drum, which means we've all got to get involved in this. It's not it's not a handful of people are going to solve this. The trades have to collectively stand up together. It doesn't matter if we're mechanics or operators or, or linemen or what. We've all got to collectively stand up and say, college being the only answer is bullshit. Trades being the route of losers is bullshit. <laughs> Here's the real story. So... Yeah, that's
1: that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I keep I, I keep a watchful eye on there because I, I know a few people on it, including you, so maybe it, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe I should try to intertwine.
0: We'll have our own accountability call, Colton. I'll hold you. I'll hold you to it. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, that's great. But uh, uh, so story time.
0: <laughs> I, I like the confidence that you had there you're like oh oh yeah well yeah, yeah, yeah
1: maybe sorry i'm talking to you while thinking about next topic so i, I do that shit all the you're time. all good like, man like,
0: i i also run a podcast and i <laughs> find myself in the same predicament yeah, quite often i do like, it all what the time. were you saying because i was busy talking three steps ahead
1: yeah i do it all <laughs> the freaking time man but uh yeah
0: that's this is harder than people think it is
1: oh yeah and you know uh lining up people like we're doing this on a tuesday night you know because we have plans and you're busy i'm busy and blah 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 which by the way you have a new episode that just came out right today
0: yeah so sweat and grime releases tuesday nights at 7 p.m eastern time Uh oh oh yeah somewhere yeah about an hour ago
1: (laughs) that's funny i i have a reminder every every tuesday so anyway uh, That's awesome. Now I just brain farted what I was going to say, Oh, story time. Remember I told you how to story. Oh the, yeah. You employee. told me, yeah,
0: you told me you had a story. I'm all so yours.
1: my boss is a good dude. You do, you communicate with him, stay on top of it. You got no problems. He'll leave you alone. So yep. here's one way to piss him off. <laughs> so we had a guy come in, uh, Week and a half ago. It was a Thursday. And he said, I need a job. I'm working out in the oil fields. um, And he said, I'm away from my family too much. I'm ready to be home with them. Blah, blah, blah. Gives us the whole spiel. Great dude. Soft spoken. Ready to work. A lot of knowledge. I'm like, man, this guy will work out good. Because of what he had to say. And uh, so my boss comes back in and says, yeah, you know, we'll hire you. Cause the guy was like, I don't care if I, if you offer me a job or not, I'm going home to unload my tools. He came in the service truck. He said, I'm going to unload my tools, give the truck back. I'm done being out there in West Texas. And we're like, okay, yeah. So boss made him a great offer cause he wasn't making shit. Made him a really good offer and said, uh, you know, come in Monday. So that's what one day to prepare on a Friday and being Monday, we got the truck ready for you. So I'm out doing my thing and he calls me and we're talking. He said, well, the guy never showed up, didn't even call, nothing, still never heard from him. Not the best story, sorry, but that's that's the day in the life of trying to find a technician for a small company.
0: So I, I did a video on this on, on my channel on YouTube and and it was talking about I don't care who you are I don't care what opportunities are in front of you mm-hmm. a no-call no-show is never acceptable yeah. ever yeah at least call and say like that's severely fucking people over when you do that so I, and it just takes a one little courteous phone call or text even who cares whatever at least you said something at least we know you're not dead you know um, well and, and it's it's literally Hey, another opportunity or a better opportunity came up. I'm sorry, I'm not going to be there. Totally understandable. I get that. Thanks for letting me know. Mm -hmm. But when you just flat out don't show and we're expecting you, we've got a truck ready for you or whatever it is you guys had done to, you know, I'm sure your employer had done something to prepare for this guy. Yep. That's a giant fuck you right in his face. Yeah,
1: and uh, I lost my train of thought there, but it just... I, I guarantee you he went back to that company and said, hey, I'm quitting. You know, I got a job lined up. Here's what they offered me. And they turned around and said, well, we can match that. But yeah. w- would you stay at a job if you said, I'm quitting and I'll, let's just say. Oh, well,
0: now we'll pay
1: you more. Yeah. Now we'll pay you more, first of all, um, or we'll match it or whatever. Would you stay at a job? No. Cause
0: absolutely not. And I, that's yeah.
1: As I've talked about this before, you're going to threaten to quit. They're going to offer you more money to stay. You're going to be the first one with a target on your back. 100%. You? And then first, and all, we're going to give you this raise, but are you guaranteed that at your next year, are you going to get a raise again? Oh, well we just gave you three bucks an hour to stay. We don't owe you anything. Yeah. Yeah. Ah that's that's another topic that I have a hard time with is people staying. And I've had multiple people approach me and say, you know, I stayed for money. You know, they gave me a raise to stay and I regret it. A good friend of mine just it just happened to him. And he, he finally yeah. quit. He finally quit his job. But yeah, it's 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 a shitty thing, man. Especially I was excited to get this guy on board because he was he was legit. But yeah. I digress.
0: I will say <clears throat> there's uh there's some interesting dynamics at play right now. Uh I do feel like well you're going to you're going to open up a can of worms here and and we're going to go deep into my <laughs> thoughts on on America's just like overall mentality and ethicalness. It's it's going to get bad. Just just bear with me. That's fine. I feel like <laughs> I feel like it's gotten out of hand with corporate greed. And mm-hmm. that's and when you hear corporate greed, everyone likes to think about the major huge companies. And that's absolutely a major problem, but it's also this trickle-down problem that every business feels entitled to just kind of churn people through the meat grinder. And and I will say the only the only caveat to to what you just said about staying at a company that's offering you more money to stay is there are some small companies out there that are legitimately just trying to make it Mm -hmm. and they don't have a lot of cash in, in the till. But if you're really valuable asset and you're offering, Hey, I'm going down the road, they might scrape together some coin somewhere to try to keep you around. Yeah. And that's just where I would encourage people to really read the room. Like you can, it is immediately apparent if it's a company who's like, Oh, Oh, you, They offered you three bucks. Well, we'll we'll match your three bucks. Well, that's a giant fuck you. Mm -hmm. But if it's, hey, don't make any decisions until Monday and let me see if I can come back with something. And then they come back with something. In my mind, that's an employer that just went and did a shitload of math to figure out if they could afford to pay me the extra three bucks. Mm -hmm. And they genuinely want to try to take care of me. So, in that circumstance, now that's no obligation to stay by any means. But in that circumstance, I might treat it a little differently. Instead of saying, "Hey, see you guys," I might guy, I, I I might say, "Okay," but is is this something that over the next couple of years I can expect to continue to get raises? You know, what does this look like long term? Have that conversation because I will say there's there's another aspect of this uh, that's getting out of hand in our country, and that is individual selfishness and um you have to understand too that your employer doesn't always have it out for you mm-hmm. and there are a lot of people that don't have nearly as and I will say this as as someone who now has his own business and everything you, behind the scenes there is not some overflowing like Scrooge McDuck room that has cash that we go roll around on piles of dollar bills, <laughs> you're know, right. Like, it's like uh, we're running a business, and sometimes cash flow is thin, and we got to worry about payroll. And we got because that's the other thing, too. Most people don't understand is when you pay someone on payroll, there's a whole shitload of taxes that you're paying on the backside that the employee doesn't see, yeah. they don't understand that you got all these additional payroll costs, and so. And so there's a balance as, as in anything in life, there's a balance there to where, look, if you're going to meet me here as the employer, I need to also meet you there as the employee. And and is this is a relationship that is worth me sticking with as an employee and you sticking with as an employer. And if it is, let's see if we can help each other out. Let's grow together. Cause I, as the employee going to help you business now, as I help you grow your business, you should take care of me as the employee. And if that relationship doesn't hold up, absolutely boogie on down the road. But I feel like too many people, especially in the trades, we're known for this, right? Your job hop for the 25 cent raise. Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> give your Give your current employer an opportunity even. Like, really? You're going to go down the road for 25 cents. Go to your employer and say, look, the guys down the road are offering me a twenty-five cent raise. Would you guys be willing to, like, maybe bump it up to fifty, and I'll just stick around? Yeah. And I bet nine times out of ten, your employer go, "Yeah, we could do that."
1: Yeah, because that
0: was a reasonable ask, and you're being reasonable about it. It would be reasonable for them to try to help you out there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But, but in instead, it's just this. Well, every employer is here to screw me. And the employer has the attitude of, well, every employee is trying to screw us. And it's it doesn't work that way.
1: I've also noticed a big influx on companies throwing money at people to stay. Yeah. And overpaying versus experience. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But, that's desperation man yeah
1: and i've just noticed it in the past few years but i mean it, it, some of these guys worth that type of money but then you know they're gonna top out before i do and it, it, that's just a whole nother story because you know i've worked with yeah. quite a few guys that are overpaid and i'm just like man
0: am i underpaid or <laughs>
1: what's the deal here yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah there's uh Especially recently, like you said, in the last—I I would even say—in the last like two to three years, it's really picked up, and and I would say that's more out of desperation at yeah. this point because it is getting, man, we're getting thin on people, mm-hmm. and and employers are starting to panic. Well, and all the old because guys now really I've got to materially know. shrink my business, yeah, because I don't have people. Yeah. So. And we're on the cusp. That's the beautiful thing. This whole conversation, it's funny because you and I have this conversation tonight on the podcast and we get to, you know, drink, sit here and drink Tito's and bullshit. <laughs> the whole country's going to be having this, this discussion, but it's going to be very real and it's going to be very impactful to them here in the next 10 years when it costs you $400 an hour to have a plumber out to your house, or it costs you 30 grand to have your house wired by an electrician. Because there's no one else that's going to do it. In fact, I was talking to an electrician the other day and, and, uh, and he flat out told me, he's like, dude, I could charge whatever I want right now. Like, where are you going to go? People (laughs) don't have anyone to do this work. So Mm -hmm. where are you going to go? He said, I could charge pretty much what I want. That's crazy. And that like, my prediction is within the next 10 years, if you want to do any sort of new construction, you're going to be 20% over your budget as of right now and it's only in labor costs. That has nothing to do with materials, just labor costs. It's because no one's there. And
1: that's, that's crazy to think, huh? Is like the the shortage versus like, let's just say inflation. It's it's not even caused by inflation. <laughs> it's caused by the it's, shortage. It's
0: the markets, baby, yes. this is capitalism. This is an economy of work. You've got no people, so your supply is none. Demand is through the roof. Well, guess what? Mm-hmm. How much are you willing to pay yeah. to have yours truly show up and shove a little dirt around for you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you how bad do you want that basement? Yeah, that's, it's wild. It's just, it's hard. And if the shirt
0: is on, it costs you extra. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you, you willing to pay for me to keep my shirt on. Me, exactly. You see that? You now, see- now in your circumstance, I may charge differently. <laughs> I may charge to take the shirt off, but for the average Joe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, I'd like to ask you a question. I'm sure a lot of guys want to ask this. Uh, You as an operator, serious question.
0: Okay. You had me puckered there for a second because we're talking about shirts off. And now all of a sudden you want to ask a very serious question. Yeah. Why are a little troubling?
1: Why are operators such asshole pussies, whatever else? (laughs) I'm just kidding.
0: (laughs) You know, it's because we don't like to get our hands dirty. And and when you get, it's like, have you ever watched a cat that stepped in a puddle accidentally? I mean, there you go. That's the operator world. Yeah. Like my day is fucked up now because my (laughs) paw's all dirty. I got water. I don't have any rags on me to wipe it off with. Now I got to get out of the cab, which means my boots are going to get muddy. Like this is a bad day.
1: You freaking operators sit there in a hundred degree weather and complain that your AC don't work. It's like, why is that my problem? You know, but you're the
0: guy that's supposed to fix it. And when you yeah. don't have the magic answers we're looking for, we get a little upset. We get a little riled.
1: Yeah. yeah. You, you got, you got a window. You're good. I, I, you I, actually, know what? I actually had to tell operator that like a week ago, cause it was still cold out. And he's like, the AC works off and on. And I'm like, I don't got time. Open the window. <laughs> I'm
0: sorry. I gotta go. I will say in my defense, I try to be reasonable, but at the same time, I don't feel too bad because my response to all of this is always, hey, I chose to be an operator. You chose to be a mechanic. I say the same thing to my labor. Mm-hmm. Like if you're bitching at me because I'm sitting in a comfy seat up here, you chose to be labor. I chose to be an operator. Ain't no one holding you to be a laborer. You chose that path. Okay, buddy? Make better choices in life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so serious, real serious question though. You as an operator. Yeah. What's the best machine out there? Caterpillar, John Deere case,
0: <laughs>
1: put you on the spot. Since this we can't guy, talk tools. We can't talk tools. Cause you don't. Wrench. All
0: right. You want my, do you want my, my true honest opinion? Uh, and this is coming from years of experience in the industry. Sure. It is whatever dealership will be out there to support that piece of equipment.
1: God damn right, you said that perfect.
0: It's it don't matter. I don't care if it's I don't care if it's a Dusan. I don't care if it's a Hyundai. I don't care if it's a Saney. If the fucking Saney dealership can get me back up and running a day before anybody else, guess what? It's Saney all the way, baby. That's what we're going for because production and uptime is everything. God damn it. Oh, that's the best answer. Thank you. There, see, I've, i have I earned my worth yes. on the Certified Wrench podcast yes. as a non-mechanic?
1: Because, you know, I got these guys, like I, I post stories or, I'm sorry, uh, shorts on YouTube and stuff. And my company is primarily deer and they're always, you know, deer machines are the harbor freight of heavy machinery and stuff. I'm like, really?
0: Really? Really? <laughs>
1: But it's, they talk then why so much are they shit. charging
0: prices like they're a yes. mercedes
1: <laughs> yeah it's insane but it deer ain't laugh. cheap
0: man deer is
1: expensive no not at all they so the, we run primarily 470s 470gs big machines and then 350s for our packers and everything yep. and the 350s have gone up over a hundred thousand dollars in a year oh which the- you
0: guys are running some serious shit if you're if your hoe packs are 350s, mm-hmm. like we'd normally do like a 20-ton machine following. you're talking pipe crews? Mm-hmm.
1: That's all yeah, we we'd do.
0: normally do like a 20-ton machine following them with a with a hoe pack, and that's ample to keep up. But you guys are running some big iron.
1: Yeah, we run basically our mains are 350, 470s, and then we got four. Well, we, I'm sorry. We have two 870Gs and two 850Ds, so big-ass machines. Big sons of bitches. Yeah. Uh yeah, and we're they're all being used except for one, but it's because I'm working on it. But uh yeah, we we yeah, got yeah we, we got,
0: don't talk about that one yeah no <laughs>
1: uh that that's actually uh that one that I'm working on in the shop. We're just doing you know inspecting it, fixing it, yeah, know, getting it ready. That one kicked my ass a few months ago. Uh, I have a whole TikTok video doing? on it. So it would. I explained it on TikTok and stuff like that. I, I actually talked about in another episode too. It kicked my ass. It, I went out there because they said, "Oh, it's lacking power and you know blowing smoke and all this stuff." And so I go out there and start it up. It runs fine, no codes, nothing. I'm like, so I tell them, "Go ahead and run it." You know, and I don't see nothing wrong. You get about thirty yards from me and it just falls on its face and just dumping smoke out. Wouldn't run for shit. It would run, but just. White smoke. I'm like, fuel issue. So, I spent three days on this machine going through everything. Uh, yeah, it had a bad controller, but there was no bad controller. Engine controller, but it wasn't throwing any
0: any indications that it had a bad controller. Yeah. Dude, isn't it amazing how sometimes it's the simplest shit that causes you the most grief. And like on the dirt side, it's the same way. Yeah, You'll yeah. go out on a on a just really straightforward grade. I'll knock this out in a couple hours. And next thing you know, something goes sideways and you're like, what in the fuck? Why am I struggling so hard <laughs> with this? Like this yeah. should not be an issue, but you've got something that pops up. And then, oh, there's some other obstacle. Oh, now there's some giant soft spot in the middle of the yard that I got to fight around. Like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it just, I don't know.
1: I really don't know. I still don't have an answer for why that computer did what it did but it acted like it had a fuel restriction. So we went through everything. And luckily somebody had a controller that we were able to borrow and I threw it on there. And it started running fine. But I mean, no the, shit. this thing got a new injection pump, new injectors, uh, fuel filters, uh, you name it. <laughs> it's got yeah, a whole new, you go whole through new the fuel, whole system. fuel system. Cause it, yeah. it was running like it had a fuel restriction. So, you know, blew the, the tank line out, ran an accessory fuel supply, everything. I uh, I was defeated on that one, and my boss is like, it happens, you know. It's got a lot of hours on it. Need a new fuel system anyway. <laughs> it's got like 17,000 hours. He's got
0: that attitude instead of, what the fuck?
1: Well, it was, he was okay with it because he went out there with me. My my boss's been with Deer since 19... 80. So he went through the dealerships here until it became what it is now. But, uh, so he knows
0: his shit and he
1: was out there just like <laughs> dumbfounded by it.
0: It's nice when the older experienced guys are also scratching their head. You're like, mm-hmm. yes, I am not retarded.
1: And it just came <laughs> down to like, I was like, you know, this machine, it was actually our old machine and it had a bad, um, hydraulic system on it. I said, They've got that machine sitting over there why can't we just go rob the ecu off of it and just you know give it a try we're, we're at that point now uh and yeah yeah three days i wasted on that thing going back and forth trying to.
0: now you did say something that that touched a, a bit of a soft spot with me there okay. you you talk about like the operator complaining you show up it doesn't do anything wrong mm-hmm. and then you walk away like as the operator in the room, I can tell you that is what, one of the most infuriating things in the world is when you have been battling a machine for days, hours, weeks, it doesn't matter how long, and then your tech shows up, and then it just decides to behave like normal, and you're like, God damn it, that's like, don't do this now,
1: It's okay, just <laughs> you keep, son of a bitch. Keep your secrets, keep your secrets. Uh, so-
0: well, it's one of those things, too, where the tech's only got so much time before they got to go down the road, and you're like, fuck yeah. up, come on, fuck up, come on, come on.
1: Yeah, there's no. there's a lot it's not of not
0: until you're 20 minutes down the road, and then I have to do the call of shame. Hey, hey, it's Colton, doing it. Will you come back?
1: Don't <laughs> shut it off. Uh, <laughs> I I like to listen to a lot of the older operators. You know, if they say that there's an issue, I'll listen to them because they know that machine. You know, that's all yeah. they do is run it. So you guys know best. I had a truck driver do that work one time. He was like, "Man, there's something not right. The engine's making a noise, and all this stuff." And I'm sitting there listening to it. Don't hear anything. It had a Cat C... It had 3406 in it. And I'm listening to it. I'm like, dude, I don't hear shit. And then a week later, he comes back. Like, it's still making this noise. And my boss is like, just pull the valve covers off of it. Check it. Sure as shit. It had a, a, a broken adjuster on one of the rocker arms. Oh, shit.
0: I'll like, right. tell you, man. You get, as an operator, that is something... That's something that I love about our trade is you get so intimate with those machines mm-hmm. that if you tweak some tiny little thing in the valves, I I know, like I immediately know if I've been running that machine for for three, four weeks so that I'm really well versed in it, mm-hmm. I will absolutely be able to tell if something starts making a different sound behind me. Cause you think about it, you're sitting in that cab for 14 hours a day with that thing humming along at the exact same frequency all day long. Like it's a tuning fork to us at that point in time. Like (laughs) I can tell you exactly when it, and I can't tell you what's causing it because again, I'm a dumb operator. I don't know shit about how these things work, (laughs) but I can tell you, Hey Colton, there's something fucked up back there. Like it's not sounding right. It is, it is interesting how intimate you become with those machines you can pick up on very small details very quickly.
1: Yeah. So I don't know how far you want to keep going with this thing. I have a time limit on my eCam here. I got twenty-four minutes yeah. left.
0: It's, this is your podcast, man. <sighs> I'm along for the ride, dude. I don't know. I'm what to strapped do. on. To the certified wrench rocket ship
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's just uh i sat here all day thinking about this podcast like what are we going to talk about you know he's not a mechanic i don't know what to talk about with him but uh, i really wanted to touch on that uh you know getting people into the trades and uh people that quit before they even start you know all that stuff and yeah it, it was it's a big topic for us right now just because i'm a small outfit or we're a small outfit Sorry, um, just trying to find a third technician so I can do my thing at work. And we cannot yeah. find a freaking technician because the big problem is, and I say it over and over again, these guys come from a dealership or they come out in the oil from the oil fields and they're working 70, 80 hours a week banking that overtime. Yeah, we don't do that. 50 yeah, 50. that's a pretty big
0: step down in pay.
1: 50, 55 hours a week is most we get. And that's the first thing I say to an interviewee when they come in. Like, look, we don't work a ton of hours like you do now. We don't work Saturdays unless we absolutely have to because we're all about family here. And I love it, uh, but a lot of people have a big issue with that and they don't
0: want to come work. for. But see, I think you're, I, I think you're actually touching on one of the problems without realizing mm-hmm. it is you're trying to dip into a pool of people that aren't interested in what you guys are trying to sell. Like they've, if you really think about it, if we work working 80 hours, made a life decision, that work is going to be my life. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the only thing is I'm making bank and that's the only thing that matters. And so, Those guys are always going to be drawn to that. What you need to be looking for are people who want to work and have family time. They want to have that stuff. Unfortunately, we don't have those people. And so the next step, which a lot of employers don't want to do, is we need to bring in some green kids that don't know jack shit. We need to throw them in the truck with Colton for the next six months. And we need to get their feet wet and get them understanding all this stuff. And that's hard. It's expensive. I, Dude, I get everything about why people don't want to do it. I get it. But what's the alternative? Because yeah. right now there isn't an alternative other than trying to chase down these guys in the oil fields. Mm-hmm. And how well is that working for you?
1: Yeah. No, it's. Uh, I completely agree with what you just said. Uh, but, I mean... The, as, we're... as
0: an industry, employers have to step up. Yeah. And they have to be willing to take kids on and train them. They have to be willing to someone's going to have to foot the bill for bringing in the new generation. And I hate to say it, but it's employers. It is, there's no getting around it. Now the flip side is I can take someone that's totally green. And if I really take care of them, they're going to stick with me.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, don't try to think of them as, Oh, I can get this kid really cheap and I can keep him really cheap. Cause I started him from the ground up. No, you got to recognize as he gets his skills, you got to increase his pay like you would any other guy. Mm-hmm. That's critical. But if you do that, if you take care of that kid, guess what? You started him from the ground up. That kid's not going anywhere unless you really piss him off.
1: <laughs> yeah. The uh, the hardest part, I guess, finding somebody, even if they're green, is we use Indeed. Yeah. You're going to have to go high schools. I, yeah. I don't know how we're going to find like. So. Auto
0: tech programs.
1: It's to the point now. Start talking
0: to shop teachers.
1: Yeah. 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 There ain't no shop teachers anywhere uh or you know shop classes
0: but we're doing a great job as a nation of shooting ourselves in the foot aren't it's we? crazy <laughs> but
1: you know it's getting to the point now where if i'm on a job site and i see a, a a rental guy out there with his service truck and his plumber's bed i'm like hey man you know are you looking for a job how much are you making yeah. i'm sure we can dude you know. the poaching is unreal going on uh, right i do now. it all the time it's like hey You know, you're doing this rental stuff out of a plumber's truck with no crane. How would you like to have a crane to do your work, you know? Yeah. Because that crane is, if you don't have a crane and you have to do this shit, you will understand real quick how how amazing having a crane is because-
0: Oh, I can imagine. I don't want to break my fucking
1: back. Absolutely. So- so I poach, yeah. Uh, I won't poach the dealerships. Or Everybody like does. That. You
0: don't have to. You don't have to be ashamed of it. Everybody's out there <laughs> poaching because that's what everybody's. I mean, that's the industry right now.
1: I think that should be the there's thumbnail. there's no people thumbnail for uh, this YouTube clip is uh, don't be ashamed to poach. <laughs> Absolutely. Let people figure like, out what just we're talking about. Put a rifle about. in your hand yeah. and
0: one of those fucking <laughs> safari hats. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so great.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I think we should. Uh, unless you got anything else you want to talk about, I feel like we covered quite a few. We covered a
0: shitload of topics tonight. I think you've been fantastic. Um, I think we should close this thing
1: out. I'm do the editing on it because there's a couple times where I'm like, uh, 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 when you're talking, um, uh, and then I'll put my intro in and all that stuff, and okay, send her on her way. I'm not going to put any, good, any music in right now because. Even though I pay for my music with my app, I'm still getting, um, What am I? I'm getting flagged on YouTube for my intro music and my, my outro music. Who are
0: you buying your music from? I'm not well, gonna... first of all, hang on for your outro. Yeah. I'm just going to say, Hey, thanks for having me on, man. This has been fun. And I appreciate yeah,
1: it. I was going to let you get to that. Uh, I, I won't say it on here i'll tell you later what i use but it, you know i pay for the li- licensing i guess quote-unquote for the yep. music i'm sure you do the same thing but yeah i get uh, copyright the copyright claims yeah youtube the bastards so any video that i make now i don't put any music on it i just post it and then i'll just add the music in on Whatever We'll get that figured out. Tree. We'll get to the bottom. Of I'm it. sure whoever's listening Goddamn to it. this doesn't care about what I just said. Doesn't give two shits. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yes, Brian. So where can folks find you on Instagram, Facebook, you name it?
0: Man, Instagram. You know what? Any support on Instagram would be appreciated because my Instagram is abysmal. We've been at it for like three years and we have like 1,200 people. So <laughs> uh, Instagram is diesel in iron. So not, and it's just the letter in iron, uh, YouTube, diesel and iron, uh, on any podcasting platform, you can find us with sweat and grime, uh, blue collar narrative is not officially released yet. We're still recording some episodes so we can start to release them, you know, periodically, but, uh, but definitely check out sweat and grime on, on, you know, Spotify apple any podcasting platform so and remember we're all over
1: to like and subscribe and rate said podcast
0: 100 percent. give this podcast a five-star rating talk about how amazing your host is <laughs> and and yeah absolutely and tell a friend god damn it hell yeah be Spread friendly the promote the trades tell a friend
1: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. i got you awesome
1: Well, you are the man, and I appreciate you taking the time out on this Tuesday to come sit and talk with me. Uh, It's been fun. I always enjoy catching up with you. Uh, I need you and Rick, Big Dick Rick, to uh, join me on my other podcast and uh, have some fun with me. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Because that's just going to be, I mean, if we want to talk about the dumbest shit, we're going to talk about it.
0: I'm pouring more Tito's for that one. We're going to have fun on that one. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> this, this was a little Tito's. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bubba.
1: Well, uh, I think that's going to be it. I'm going to go ahead and hit Awesome. Thanks, man. Card. I appreciate it. Thanks, you guys, for joining us, and uh, we'll catch you on the next episode.
0: See you guys.